Uh, Let us pray. May the words of my lips and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, if there's one thing that we don't need to hear again, it's that 2020 has been a tough year. Many have thrown around the word unprecedented. Uh, I've heard that word so many times this year, I would happily never hear it again. While no one needs to be convinced that 2020 has presented unique challenges that the the Western world really hasn't had to deal with since, I don't know, maybe the Second World War, what's truly been fascinating to watch, at least for me, is how people have been looking for hope, looking wherever they can find it. I spend a lot of time uh, driving around, different meetings and visits and that sort of thing, and most of the time I listen to sports radio. And one commercial uh, on a station uh, in Detroit that's been running constantly <laughs> has had the tagline, Spread Hope, Not COVID. It's meant to encourage people to do the necessary work of wearing a mask and distancing in the hope that doing those things will will make things better over time. What struck me about it, though, is the overwhelming desire for hope within it. People are desperate for hope, and we're looking for it anywhere we can, anywhere we can. Hope for ourselves and society through following protocols, through hard work, or through just willing ourselves to be nicer. If I just improve myself enough physically, emotionally, relationally, then I'll have hope for the future. There's, There's a reason for hope. We want to believe that there's a reason for hope. Always. <laughs> but maybe even more so when we have this Christmas apart from our friends and family. For a lot of us, it's, it's the first time in a long time when that's been the case. The challenge, though, is that most of what we look to for hope is ultimately empty. We try to find the source of hope somewhere deep inside ourselves, and, and, and we can't We can't find it, or we look to the society around us. We look all over the place. This Christmas, we do need hope, but it is because of Christmas that we can have genuine hope. Hope, joy, love, faith. These are the things that Christmas is all about, because on Christmas, hope and joy and love took on flesh and dwelt among us. The embodiment of all that is good and right arrived on the scene as a baby boy who would change everything. Knowing our need for hope, let's let's talk about why we can have genuine hope. Why we can have it if we have Jesus. Turn with me to John chapter 1. Open up your Bible. Follow along with me as we we look at this incredible passage. And the first thing we want to notice is that we can have hope because of who it is that came to us. 
In words meant to invoke the story of creation itself, John writes to us, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Now we can have no doubt about who John is writing about. The, the Jewish people of his time named only one being who can create, and that, of course, is God. And yet here we read about the Word as one who is God, and yet is also with God, a, a, a second person, if you will. As poetic as, as he is, John can only keep the identity of this Word a secret for so long. In verse 14, we read, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John is, of course, speaking of the one he walked with, the one whose teaching he sat under, the one who, who gave his mother into John's protection while he was being crucified. He is speaking of God the Son, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus was there in the beginning, creating all things. And Jesus came in the flesh to walk with men and women just like John. This is a pronouncement that has a depth of, of meaning and importance that we could spend our life examining. But on the most basic level, it tells us that the one who created all things cared so much about his world that he was willing to enter into it. He came as one of us so that we might know God's glory, his grace, and his truth. Jesus walked among us and showed us the love and glory of God. Now here's the reason why that's a hopeful thing. Since Jesus, the only Son of God, came to us, we can know God, truly know him, not, not know about him, not, not hear of him as a, a rumor of a, a distant and far off being. We can know him personally, intimately. Our reading closes with John telling us that no one has ever seen God. The only God who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. Now when we read that, that can, that can seem like a, a confusing statement no one has seen god but yet one who is who is with god is at the father's side and and has made him known what what what's going on here well the greek being translated the only god actually says the only begotten god the only way that people can see God, that they can know him, is if he makes himself known. And he has done that, John is telling us, he's done that in his only begotten son, Jesus Christ. He has made the Father known. John tells us that God cared enough for his people to send his son to walk among us. And in seeing Jesus, we see the Father. We see the glory of God, the exact representation and image of the Father, as our Hebrews reading tells us. Because Jesus has come, we mere everyday folks, we can know the Father. 
And that is a hopeful thing because it tells us that there's something greater. Greater than our day-to-day lives. Greater than the challenges we face or the sufferings of life. Greater than even the great moments of life. Here is, is someone who is so much greater than, than, than anything else that, that he can exist without us. He doesn't need us. And yet, he created us for, for fellowship and relationship with him, to know him and, and to know his love. And then he looked at the state of the world, the state of the broken, wounded, lonely, needy sinners, and he said, I'm coming for them. I want them to know me, to know that there is someone greater who loves them. Now, I don't know about you all, in part, because being online, I don't know who you all are. (laughs) But when I think about my life and its obstacles or, or difficulties, few things give me more hope than knowing that God is greater than all of it. But the truth is, if God was only greater, that would only get us so far. God could be greater and yet be a tyrant. He could be capricious or a a changeable being. We could think of the the myths of the Greek and Roman gods and how how life seemed to be about trying to to keep them happy, which was a near impossible task from, from the sounds of it. If God were like that, I'm not sure I'd want him to be greater. But that's not what God's like. God is anything but changeable, and he is certainly no tyrant. And we know this because of this remarkable statement in verse 4. We read, in him, referring to Jesus, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. In John's writing, whenever he speaks about the light, he is speaking of the revelation of God himself and the salvation that he brings. And so John makes it clear from very early in his gospel that the one of whom he speaks came to bring light, to bring revelation of who God is so that we might see him and in seeing him, we might have life. God didn't send his son. He didn't send Jesus so that that people could walk around feeling terrible about the state of things or to be constantly weighed down by their sin and, and to believe that there is no hope. Rather, Jesus shines his light on the dark places. He reveals the true God to us so that we can have life. Now, many people, whether they're, they're Christian or not, can quote, or at least have heard, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. It's a beautiful verse. (laughs) There's a reason why people hold it up on signs at sporting events. But if we want the full meaning, we need to keep reading. John 3.17 says, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world but in order that the world might be saved through him. That is why Jesus came, to give us life, to shine his light upon the dark places of our life. And, and let's be honest, that can be, that can be a painful thing. It can be painful when the light of Christ shines on our own sinfulness, but it's a necessity. 
Christ didn't come to condemn, but he didn't, certainly didn't come to ignore sin either. He came to deal with it, to shine his light on it. So that we could see our sin and then we could confess it. We could submit ourselves to Jesus and find in him perfect and complete forgiveness. The purpose of repentance is to bring life, not death, to bring joy, not sorrow, to bring hope and not despair. Because the truth is, we can easily despair of things. I'm one of those people that can look at anything and tell you exactly what's wrong with it. And when you have that, uh, that gifting, we'll call it, <laughs> it's easy to look at the state of the world and to despair, to believe that there is no hope because you're always seeing what's wrong. But John's gospel doesn't allow for that. He makes it abundantly clear that the one thing that never goes away is hope because Jesus has come. Verse 5, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. That's a statement of fact. It is a, a surety. The darkness has not overcome it. The darkness, the reality of sin and death and suffering and evil. The darkness tries so hard to silence Jesus, to keep people in despair. But the truth is, there is nothing they can do. There is nothing anyone or anything can do to stop him. There is no overcoming Jesus. He is the light. And no darkness will overcome him. Ever. He is the light. And that light brings life. And so we always have hope. At times, that, that can sound too good to be true. I'm sure for, for those of us who have lost loved ones or, or lost jobs or, or whatever it might be recently, it can seem like there's no way forward, that our days are as, as black as pitch. But what John teaches us is that no matter how bad things are or, or how they seem, the light is always there. It could be as bright as the noonday sun, or it could be just the tiniest pinprick. But no matter what we face in life, the light remains. Jesus remains, and so we have hope. The encouragement here, then, is to embrace the light, to seek Him, to lay down our burdens at His feet, because He came to bring us life. And it's not just any life. It's not just ho-hum, getting through the day, life. It is life eternal. It is life spent as a child of God. Verse 12. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. That is the life that Jesus offers us. That is the hope of Jesus Christ, that in Him, by believing in Him, we have life with God forever as His very own child. We have been adopted by grace as one of God's own. That is the hope of Christmas. And it is the hope that never goes away until we breathe our last 
or he returns until we see him face to face. And then there will be no need for hope because we are with him forever. God made himself known by coming in the flesh, a child born of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary. In him is light and life and genuine hope in Jesus and in Jesus alone. That's, that's Christmas. <laughs> and many of us have heard it so many times. We've heard it uh, countless times. We've heard it so frequently that it can just wash right over us. Or, or perhaps we've watered it down to be little more than just a nice feel-good story that, that we tell our children. We, you know, we, we think more of the litter, little drummer boy or, or Rudolph than we do the life-giving and life-changing truth that Jesus in grace and truth came from heaven to bring us life. Why would we do that? We're a world desperate for hope. Why would we so easily dismiss the one who gives it? Well, in part, it's because we keep filling our lives with so many pretenders. It's far easier to make hope about being nicer or trying harder. And to make Christmas not about the light that gives life, the light that overcomes the darkness, but, you know, feel good stories on the Hallmark Channel. <laughs> we can curl up under our blankets on the couch with our tea and, and watch endless Hallmark movie cha channel movies. And while they didn't have the, the Hallmark channel in, in Jesus' day, John tells us that, that people faced the same problem. Jesus was in the world, he tells us, but, but people didn't recognize him for who he was. He came to his people, but his people did not receive him. You know, perhaps this Christmas might actually be easier for us to see this truth, maybe for the, the very first time or in a, a new and more clear way that, that, that we need hope, that we want it like a, like a man in the desert wants water and that everything we've been trying on our own has been a mirage. You know, maybe it's one of the gifts of tough times, actually, to sweep away the trite and the empty, the, the false hopes. Because, friends, the truth is and has always been people are lost in darkness and in need of light, and that's what Jesus brings. As our good and faithful bishop said very recently, the darkness doesn't win. <laughs> and so we lay aside those pretenders. We lay aside all the things that have created false hope and we embrace the one who gives genuine hope and genuine life and we find in Jesus hope eternal. This Christmas, as we enjoy perhaps quieter celebrations than, than we might be used to, ask Jesus to show you his light, to bring you his life, and to give you genuine hope. Seek him in these days, that in him you might see God and be filled with hope. Let's pray. Gracious Lord, we do praise you that in Jesus, we have hope eternal. We have hope all of our days. And so, Father, I pray that you would never allow us to succumb to, to darkness and despair, but that we would constantly turn back to you, that we would embrace the hope that you give us in Jesus Christ, that oh, through him we might know you and might have eternal life. 
Father, I pray that this Christmas you would plant that truth so deep within our heart that we would never forget it, that we would remember always that the light overcomes the darkness. The light will never go out, for you are eternal, you love us, and you keep us as your very own child. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.